What's up, everybody? Thanks for stopping by the show. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. It's good to have you with us. Uh, shoo. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Mm. Well, first of all, if you are getting something out of this show and you've been listening and, you know, I'm providing some sort of value to you or entertainment value or educational value, maybe you've learned something that you didn't know. Um, this is kind of a value for value thing. If, uh, I'm giving something to you. I'd like to get something back. And whether that's a share on social media, um, rating and reviewing on iTunes, um, you know, any of those things, even as far as monetarily, I mean, I could always use the help. I've been floating this thing for almost three years now. So lots of money's gone into it. Would love to be able to monetize in some sort of way uh, at some point. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, I'm on Rumble, and I'm also on YouTube. You can catch these, uh, the video versions of these. Usually I'll have the links uh, down in the uh, description. So, <clears throat> what else do we got? What else? Uh, I think that's it. Uh, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing, you know? The next guest that I'm going to have for you, though, whoa, the, that conversation is pretty deep. And it's, it's veering into some topics that uh, I, don't, I don't usually uh, get into, so that might be interesting. Today I'm talking to Mark Payne. He is uh, the creator or founder of the Eve Growing Concepts. Uh, it's basically vertical growing of food. Or, you know, anything uh, that you'd like to grow, grow it vertically. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. He's got a YouTube channel and he's, uh, you know, just passionate about growing food and composting. And so I figured I would start getting a little bit more into that because I myself have been growing food. Uh, you know, started a garden and been planting a bunch of stuff and... Uh, you know, we talk a little bit about that too. Uh, I feel like it's very important now that, you know, the supply chain issues and also, uh, the impending food shortages that we keep hearing about. So, I mean, it's not a bad idea to start going back to some of those older methods of things, you know, like growing your own stuff, uh, learning how to, um, what's that called to can your own things, how to preserve your own food. Uh, Cause you don't know. You know, we got so used to this, this lifestyle of fast food, you know, if go to the store, you know, there's never a, a, you never want for anything in the United States, mostly. Um, but it's could that could all change. You know, I haven't seen it yet, but I mean, it's from what I hear, it's coming. So it's not a bad idea to learn how to grow food. And this is a great idea uh, for people, um, you know, especially you can grow all year round with, with this system. So, uh, great conversation. And I, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. It was a great conversation and I'm looking forward to doing a little bit more with Mark too, outside of, uh, this, you know, in some of the things that I'm working on, 
for the nonprofit, I think this would be a great uh, teaching tool for children uh, in schools as well. So looking forward to talking more with Mark. And yeah, so I hope you enjoy the show as much as I enjoyed the conversation. And uh, yeah, let's just get to it. Sean Dustin spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. Upon release in 2006, he had nothing but the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and legal paperwork. In 2010, he kicked a longtime methamphetamine habit and started the long climb back up the ladder of life. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. If you want transparency and authenticity, you're in the right place. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and this is Sean Dustin. Today we have Mark Payne with us from the Eve Growing Concepts, and I met uh, Mark on a clubhouse room. Surprise, surprise! And that's where I spend a lot of my time socializing is on clubhouse. And the reason why is that there's there's an assortment of different folks on there that are professionals in in almost a lot of different things. There's so many so many talented people on clubhouse that are willing to give their perspectives, um, help out, uh, share their, their knowledge, um, and a lot of different things. You know, there's any, any, any itch you could possibly have, you'll find a way to scratch it on clubhouse. I'm pretty sure. Um, and so this is why I found Mark in a preservation of the human race room talking about growing, growing food and soil and how important the soil is. And, uh, the reason why this is so important that I figure at this time, because this podcast sort of like flows with my interests, right? So it's like one week I might be interested in one thing and the next week I'm interested in something else. But this is something that's really important because food insecurity is going to become something uh, that we're going to have to contend with in the future. And the reason why I say this, and I think that a lot of people um, are not aware of this yet because mainstream media is not covering it, uh, I just recently, probably within the last week, heard President Biden talk about um, shortages of food. But it wasn't anything that he went into detail about. He just sort of like on the off mentioned, oh, we might be experiencing food shortages. So. We're going to get a little bit into that, into why we think that, um, you know, the Ukrainian war uh, with Russia has a lot to do with it. And then also to um, different, uh, it's just all kinds of different aspects of growing and everything that goes along, because it's almost like a, 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 a rotating mechanism machine, right? That has to have this in order to have this in order to have that in order to have that in order to feed us. And if all of these things in between going to feed us aren't happening, us don't get fed <laughs> or us don't get as much food as we would normally uh, require. And so I just think that in the future, it's going to be a lot of learning how to do without less or learning how to do with less 
or or get the same doing less, learning how to eat less, learning how to uh, uh, intermittent fast, and learning how to do all these things that we used to have to do back in the day when food wasn't as prevalent. Uh, one one uh, uh, the Great Depression. My grandparents were a part of the Great Depression, and as a result of that, my father is a food hoarder. He has three three uh, giant freezers at his in his garage, and he's got another freezer at his work, full of food. And that is a product of the Great Depression because in the Great Depression they didn't necessarily know when they were going to get their next meal. So with that, let me introduce to you Mark Payne from Eve Growing Concepts. What's up, Mark? Yeah. Hey, how's it going, Sean? Good. I just wanted to contextualize a little bit uh, for the audience, um, sort of why, why why we're here, um, and what's your perspective on on why we're here, um, as far as what you've been listening to on Clubhouse and what you've been gathering um, as to why this is such an important time for people to learn about growing their own food. Yeah, totally. Uh, thank you, Sean, for even having me. That's great. Um, the preservation of the human race, Clubhouse in general, it's just been a great app. Like YouTube, you know, we call it YouTube University for good reason. There's a lot of people on, on YouTube, like Clubhouse, that share their information freely. They're not looking for anything. They're just excited to share what they know. And preservation of the human race is where I met you. We have some amazing conversations there as far as what's happening. You know, stuff you don't get on the news. You just don't get it. And um, stuff's coming down the pike, I think. And if, even if it's not, growing food and learning how to make soil is a survival skill we should know. We lost the art of it. And these days, with today's technology, we can gain it back and be a lot easier than it used to be in the olden days. The, the horizontal, growing horizontally. We can grow vertical now. Using soil, very important. I always have to stress using soil growing vertically because I contend that whatever the soilless grower can do, the aeroponics and hydroponics can do, we who grow with soil can do it far better. And it's better for the planet because we're not tied into some corporate entity for our growing needs. And that's important. We want to be as self-sustainable as possible. And when you know how to make soil, and it's very simple, like you you were just showing me your outside composting bin, just put it in a pile Cover it with a, a, a carbon or a dry hay leaves. Um, it's, just, it's just amazing. And I, I think it holds, first of all, I think it's far better than our commercial farming. You know, they, if I'm going too far on a tangent here. No, no. The, the one thing I want you to do, though, for me is your audio is a little bit muffled. So is your microphone, is it, where, where's your microphone on, on your Let's head? See if I can't take this right off. Let's and I can even raise up your. You're, you're down low for me. All right, is that better? Yeah, I'm hearing you better. Okay, can you I, hear me better? Yeah, I've I've got some controls here. Sorry, everybody. We're just I just want to make sure that I get the best possible audio quality that I can for you. So that's Let me what try I'm, these Apple Buds too. Maybe they're better than the other ones. Wait a minute here. Technical. Let me get my technical people here. Yeah, let me, people. Let, me, let me let me call my let me call my sound my editing crew in here and <laughs> and have them take a look at this. <laughs> Let's see here. All right. Let's see. How's that sounding? 
Right. How's that sound? Uh, it sounds the same. It's, nope. Not <laughs> no. in, let's see. Yeah, I don't think this is on. Yeah, I don't think it's on to either. But it sounds great the way it is right now. Whatever you were doing, it was just muffling because your your the microphone for those uh, earbuds was scratch. You know, have you ever listened to somebody trying to talk oh, on right, Clubhouse, right, right. and the microphone right. scratches against their whatever it is they're wearing? So every time they move their head, you hear. A yeah, right. How about now? This is an Apple kind of not. Can you hear me good now? Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Yeah, I hear you real good. Okay. So let's, uh, yeah, you weren't going on a tangent. Um, that's definitely one of the things that we that we want to talk about. And when you talk about the soil, you're not using soil. You're just using composted uh, materials uh, that you've composted your, yourself, right? And and Yeah, essentially we're talking container growing, like you'd think of growing in a pot. It's, it's um, you want your... It's all compost from my leaves outside to my all my house compost inside, which I feed to my red wigglers. Um, it's about you can't just use with my system. You just can't use go out in your backyard and fill a, a bucket or a 55 gallon drum or whatever. You have to you have to make it. And when you start making it, you build upon it. And like me, I'm, I'm going on eight years now. I have a lot of soil that I keep. It's, my soil is. It's something that's a part of me, really, when I think about it. It's kind of strange to, to think like that, but um, it, it, it's, it's soil. It's composted soil, so it's, you can't not, never to be confused with dirt or clay or whatever. Um, but because yeah, it's all it's all made out of organic materials and you in when we were talking before, I mean you've even figured out a way to, to be able to use your own waste. Which you can't just throw it in the compost pile. It has to be be dealt with um, in a different way before it's added into into a compost, right? And so you've you figured out how to not waste anything in your system, is what I'm gathering. Right, right. It's all organic, and nothing leaves our house if it's organic. Um, it doesn't leave our house. Cardboard, paper is so important. I call it PUD potential urban duff and duff is another acronym uh diterious under forest floor and it's this get yourself a shredder because you literally can make soil out of the stuff that comes our way every day that we send to the landfill and it's a survival skill in a sense that no matter where you live even in the cities you can make your own soil and grow your own food with stuff that's being thrown away all day long, especially organic so-called waste. Um, it's exciting for me because it works. Uh, and I use not, I buy nothing. I need no miracle grow or anything. And I always call the angels of the soil, the red wiggler or worms in general. And um, and do so, a lot. So, so not to, not to interrupt you, but, but why, sure. why are worms so important? What, what is their function in composting? Yeah, there the worms bring the biodiversity. I feel they bring when you have a worm bin. There's a lot of different critters in there, microbes that follow them, that treat them like. From my experience, they treat them like, <laughs> like gods almost. Nothing hurts these red wigglers, it, mites. Let's say mites, um, springtails, potworms, anything on, on the microbial world. For me, 
from and and I've gone I, it's gone a long time and I have this system called vermenting where it's a bunch of buckets if you go on my YouTube channel it's a it's a different system where you pack all your organic material in a bucket and you wait a certain time like vermenting this is for like fermenting this is vermenting and you wait eight weeks your stuff is turned into um garden gold or worm castings with this particular system and the reds the reds break it all down and all the biodiversity as well that follows them break it all down it's kind of a it's an amazing thing that um is the soil amendment that's the that that's the that's the um nutrients i add to my soil base which is my outside leaves and all the carbon whatever um dry uh brown material carbon when you think of carbon dry or um brown materials is usually thought of as carbon wet or green is thought of as nitrogen you bring the two together you put them in a, a vertical or a pallet bin and you can literally just grow a lot of food in a little small space and you're using your organic waste to to do it yeah um, that that's that's excellent and part of the the most important reason for doing that and for because you don't have to like you said you don't have to use the chemical fertilizers which are going to be coming one of the things that are coming uh, going to be coming short in supply we already have a supply chain issue, which uh, the vulnerabilities in that were uh, sort of uh, spotlighted, I guess you would say, by by the pandemic. And you know, when stuff stops, stuff stops. You know, when you when people when you shut down economies, um, they're not producing. People aren't going to work. People aren't doing this, and so that's going to create a, a a bump in in the system, I guess you would say. But to add. A little bit more to that, we had a uh, war break, break out in Ukraine and and, uh, and and Russia. Russia and Ukraine in that particular part of the world, 40% of the world's wheat comes from the, that area. And then you also have uh, Russia, which produces a large portion of the world's fertilizers. And they have stopped exporting all of their fertilizing efforts just because they're dealing with the war and all that. So if you have 40% less wheat, wheat is made to wheat. You, you for wheat, you food, you feed, uh, animals, right? That's a lot of what wheat feeds. It feeds people. It feeds animals. Um, the food, our soil has become so stripped of all of its nutrients. It's nitrogen. It's, it's, uh, what it's, the, what's the P? The P is potassium, or yeah, NPK. Think, yeah. What's the what's the NPK? Ni- ni- nitrogen, potash, potassium, phosphorus. phosphorus, and and what's the K stand for? Calcium. Yeah, ca- I mean, calcium. Yeah, maybe calcium, something like that. Uh, but anyways, our our yeah. our soils have become so stripped because we you know we, we do the monocropping, and we never put other plants to rotate in there to replace some of the stuff. Uh, so they, re- they rely heavily on uh, fertilizers. And so if we don't have any fertilizers, guess what? They're going to be growing a lot less. They're not going to be growing as much. And everybody who depends on that, uh, that system is, is going to 
be suffering or go through some hardships because we're not seeing it yet in the United States. And I don't think we're going to see it as hard as some of the third world countries. The third world countries, you're going to see a devastation and famine and death from starvation, unfortunately. Uh, that's horrible. And I don't, I don't, there's nothing that you can do about that. You yeah, know? It's, it's a bummer. It's sad. And when you think of our commercial growing practices, they're outdated, truthfully. With today's technology, and I don't know, maybe nobody knows this, but you have to think of a jungle. When you go in a jungle that's not been touched by man, and you see this lushness in a, in a forest or something like that, how did that happen? How did nobody touch it? How does it, how does it grow the plants that are there? That's what we have to mimic. That's what we have to figure out. And with, with our commercial growing for so many years, we've been growing horizontally. We take the produce out because, you know, most people think a tomato is made for people to eat. But truthfully, the tomato and the tomato plant is made to propagate itself. You know, the tomato drops the seed and the plant falls on top of it. And it, it makes the um, soil for itself. If you left it alone, you'd have a lot of tomatoes, uh, you know, um, feeding itself, essentially. Yeah. That's how we have to think about growing for ourselves. And it's hard to do that growing horizontally because with today's practices, they take the tomatoes out. They take all who knows what they do with the leftover tomato crop. They probably just throw it away. How ignorant is that when they should be composting that? That's the mm -hmm. biodiversity they're losing. When they talk about biodiversity being lost in our commercial farming, all that biodiversity is coming to us individually all day long in the form of every farming practice you can think of. Yeah. Um you know what I mean? All, yeah. all the, any, anything you throw away to go into the, the waste that's organic, that's a, that's, a, um, that's a mistake. That's a missed mark. We're falling short when we throw organics away. And nobody knows what to do with them anyway. You know, they double bag it, mm -hmm. triple bag it so it doesn't smell. That's the heavy weight that these trucks come. They need to come every week. You know, in, in my house, they could come once a month, maybe every two months. Yeah. Truthfully, imagine that. Think of the carbon we could save if the, these big heavy trucks only had to come once a month yeah. instead of once a week right there. So we're and if people knew how to grow plants with this organics that that as was going to the landfill is now being saved to the individual homesteads or not just homesteads anywhere community uh, garden i mean this is this is a perfect yeah. opportunity to uh let's say get together in your neighborhood you know you've got these neighborhoods now that are are cookie cutter right you know these urban neighbor or you know uh urban neighborhoods that uh, you have a street that has let's say 30 houses on it and it's just as easy as getting together and saying hey let's let's start a community garden and you assign a vegetable or a fruit to, to somebody and each person is responsible for that. You take all of your, uh, you agree that you all collect your, your organic materials and you put them all together and you do a community compost as well. So you go straight from there instead of, you know, adding, can you, let me, let me ask you this. Can you add that to your already existing soil and, and, or do you just replace that soil uh, with with it? I mean, it's, if it 
if you're mixing it together, it's not as strong, but it's still healthy, right? Yeah, you build upon it year after year. Like my towers, my towers, they just keep adding the worm castings and the the duff or the leaf mold that hu- that humus that um, everybody's trying to mimic that everybody's buying in these box stores. This compost they call it, but it's the humus that rich dark soil you get under a pile of leaves that's been resting. That's what everybody's trying to mimic. That's yeah, that a earthy, base. that earthy smell, that smell that yeah. sounds like that smells <laughs> like uh, it doesn't stink, but it just it smells like it smells um, great. It smells like. Have you ever been into a, a rumpus room, or or a basement where the earth down there? It's a, it's 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 like a combination of earth and and space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when it gets damp and wet down there, it has that earthy smell. Yeah, yeah. I hear which like a a rug that's been resting in a basement, maybe. That yeah, kinda, yeah. It is kind of like that for sure, but it is, and it's amazing. Um, the whole art of making soil, I, I wish we could teach it at a very young age to our children. Before we even teach history, let's teach them how to make soil, how to turn our organic waste into soil. I think that's going to be the the um, saving grace in tomorrow's world. And that's really that's really kind of what brought us together because you have this system and I have a, a nonprofit that's not being used – and it would go perfect in trying to educate kids and bringing your system, the the vertical growing system with the buckets and everything else. So let's explain this this system here that you've that you've created. So it's a vertical growing system, but it's also mobile. So you could grow all year round. And let's say you had a house. Let's just use a house for an example, right? Because that's what most people uh, that want to grow food maybe have a house. And you can't grow all year round because frost. If you live in an area that frost will damage your plants, kill your plants, you you need to be able to move them outside and, and inside during that period. Also for schools, like if you were going to try and teach this, this is a perfect system to teach kids and kids love to, to watch stuff grow. Having a child myself, I have a, a four and a half year old daughter who's almost five and she just did not want to eat vegetables she didn't want to eat anything other than than junk processed food and one day last year we decided okay well let's grow a tomato plant just to to see you know she was in part of the process the whole process she planted it she watched it grow she got she watered it and when we picked it she wanted to try it and now she eats tomatoes by herself and doesn't even like we'll go to the store and she'll grab a a, a basket of tomatoes for herself because uh, that's just uh, my tomatoes. I want to eat these. <laughs> so I mean, it's just it, it's just amazing to watch. I mean, kids are just little sponges, man. Especially at that age, they're just so curious and they want to learn and they want to know how. Let me do it. Let me do it. I want to try. I want to try. So I mean, it's it's yeah, perfect. It's funny. If you put a bunch of if you put a bunch of toddlers in a room, let's say kindergartners in a room, you had a bunch of books on one side and you had a bunch of. Um, aquariums with maybe some stuff in it whatever soil they're going to head towards the natural world every time and they're going to be excited about it um that's that's kind of hands-on for that for for that is kind of amazing i children would love it i think they'd grasp it very quickly and it's important that they do so because the way the establishments these corporate entities are working now 
it's all about money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be very hard for the um, for us to change our sanitation who make a lot of money moving heavy weight around. That's their livelihood, right? Mm-hmm. And if we stop that, where would they where would they go? So we're working against that kind of thing. Even sewers, when you think of sewers, same thing. There's a lot of money in sanitation, but if anybody if everybody realized that our outputs aren't as toxic as long as you handle them right. We're, there are pathogens and stuff, but even our toxics our, our outputs hold value, immense value. I, at least red wigglers love the heck out of our outputs. I don't want to go down that that road, but it's important. It's yeah, a survival yeah. skill. When you think of campers who tote around all these chemicals, you know, campers, boaters, mm-hmm. and I think to myself, there's a far better way that costs you nothing that you can handle it just as cleanly, in my opinion, just as cleanly. It's that it's just ama- amazing. And when all is said and done, it looks exactly like that earthy smell we were talking about. Smells and feels just like that. Takes and, a little time. And the wigglers, the red wigglers that you're talking about, those are basically the filtration system for the for this, right? They do all of the heavy the heavy labor in in breaking down those pathogens and anything that's contained within that uh, within that waste that could be toxic. They filter that out through their process and worm castings and everything else to to make that now usable product correct yeah yeah they're amazing you're totally correct and they're the oldest species in the world like this tower here in back of me here this is this is um a spider plant but it's made out of all recycled material and it's a living underground world in there there's all kinds of worms in there i water from the top i get the water from the bottom the water at the bottom is more nutrient rich because of the biodiversity that comes through here to be used on the next watering so those in california who have a shortage in water mm-hmm. this it's a no-brainer in a lot of ways and you don't the, the the concepts are the same whether you're using a bucket 55 gallon drum or a pallets or a um or fencing there's so many ways to do it the principles are all the same you want to save your irrigation you want to take full control over all aspects of your growing the irrigation the soil and the plants and that's uh, that's something you constantly build upon you you know it's 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 a part of it all i i think that the 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 fact that all of the materials that you gather for this this vertical growing are all things that are thrown away yeah they're all materials that you're 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 keeping from going to the to the to the um what do they call what do they call it? the the landfill, the, yeah. Yeah, the landfill. Incinerator, incinerators it's ridiculous <clears throat> the pallet the most... pallets do you use the pallets to grow the base for for your your rolling to put the 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 rollers on and everything else or do you use the the pallets for uh building your your composting or do you use it for both yeah you could do it for both it's so many ways it's a, it's an exciting field that's going to be coming up no doubt Mobile gardens, in my opinion, I think, Sean, you heard it here first. Google online. If you find somebody that's working on mobile gardens, please send me the link because I think I'm the only one doing it. I look forward to the day when I'm walking on a university or in an inner city and a, a whole tower of kale comes by me heading to the farmer who's waiting, chatting in a coffee room. Oh, here comes here comes a tower. And all they have to do is put one little thing in there and they're done with it. Yeah, you know, they yeah. water it. It comes out. And they send it back out into the sun again. That's that's the future of farming, in my opinion. 
No, and it's great that it's it's completely recycled water that you know what I mean. You can continue using that, and you just add as as you as you need. Uh, I, I think that's probably one of the the greatest things about it because you know as, as far as you know we're food shortage, but we're also uh, looking at possible water you know water shortages too, and and not being as easy to get. Um, you know, just because of. Uh, all of the different climate things that are going on. Now, I'm not going to say that, you know, the, the get into the whole climate change thing, you know what I mean? But the climate is always changing, you know, as our, as the earth is moving and, and tilting on its axis, you know, the, the, where it was cold last year, you know, if, if we had a shift, it's probably going to be not as cold there or, or colder in a different region. You know, that's just kind of the way that, that it's worked out you know, for millions of years, at least the ones that we've been, we've been following in category, uh, cataloging, right? Yeah, right. You know, and then the core, and, and the core even, sampling and, and everything else, you know, we, we know that there are times and situations and, you know, you can, you can get into the Carl, uh, uh, the guy that talks about all the, uh, uh, cataclysmic events. Um, I can't remember. Carl his, Sagan? And I, I, Sagan? Don't know if it's, I don't know if it's Carl Sagan. He's been on, he's been on, uh, uh, Oh, what's his name? Joe Rogan's podcast, and I mean, he he's fascinating to listen to with all the different uh, things that have happened from the Younger Dryas era to the Great Floods to to all these different you know cataclysmic events that have happened in our history. You know, it, it, just things happen. You know, this 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 uh, we're not as as stable as we think we are. You know what I mean? It's just because we haven't had, just because we haven't had, you know, some of these huge events. But I mean, we're constantly being missed by by asteroids every day. I mean, if you go if you go and look at at, at the uh, the the catalog of of near misses uh, on NASA or or where they where they keep the information at, and I've I've had somebody. I've listened to somebody go through on them, and I'm like, and give dates, and I'm like, oh my god, that happens that often. So, I mean, you know, who knows, you know? Yeah, we're not on a Disney ride, that's for sure. Like many people <laughs> think we're on a Disney ride and they expect the government to handle every need. One day a catastrophe, like you're talking about, could happen. And if it happens, you've got to have the basic survival skills, which I think comes from making soil myself. Mm -hmm. I think I think it solves a lot of the world problems. You know, I Elon Musk has this challenge. It's an X challenge where he's trying to create this machine that is a carbon sequestering machine. And he's got this contest, $100 million if you win it. I'm in the contest. I'm the only one on it. I just signed it in just to see what would happen. But my solution would be, it's not going to be one machine. It's going to take all of us to live differently, learning how to work with nature rather than looking for this amazing machine that somebody has a patent on that you know, you know, you got to buy. I think it's going to take all of us to, to start thinking outside the box and with today's technology, we have more tools at our disposal than we ever did before. And that's, that's exciting for me. And it's, it was, and it's a learning curve, don't get me wrong. It, it looks so simple. You know, you got this tower here that's all put together. This one, this particular tower, it's, again, it's a spider plant. And I guess you can eat spider plants, but it's in this house. There's a ton of them in here. I got another one in the other one where this one came from. Um, it's purifying the air in here. Oh, you know, yeah. This, if you Google spider plants, I wish it was kale. That would be a better example. Something you could really eat, but supposedly you can eat these. I, I've never tried it, but I've heard you can. But 
I could put a lot of my compost in this tower alone. You know, my yeah. house compost that I would normally throw away, I could feed to this tower here. Yeah, yeah, no, is, for sure. It's kind of cool. So what is it? So, I mean, at, at some point, because I've, I've, I've run this by my, uh, my, uh, vice president of my, of my nonprofit and she's definitely, cause she's, she's involved with another nonprofit that she's the uh, director of and it's, uh, she's definitely interested in it and we want to, uh, we want, we want to get the schematics from you of how to build this so we can do a proof of concept. That way we can roll it out and actually start working with it and seeing what it's, you know what I mean? How we can, how we can bring this out in an education, uh, sort of platform for schools. Cause they, she deals with a lot of, uh, um, inner city, uh, underprivileged, um, families and, and folks like that. And, uh, you know, within that, within, within her nonprofit. So it would be interesting to, to sort of roll out a proof of concept to see, you know, just like anything else, just like growing or anything that you're going to do, having some hands-on experience and like, you know, what is it going to take to put this together that way when you're, if, if you're buying into something, it's, as you're investing your time and your and your skills into it and you're putting this together you see how easy it is it's a lot easier for you to become a uh, an advocate once you know for yourself how easy or difficult something is going to be yeah totally and i'm almost at that stage i would imagine i've got way more than my 10,000 hours and i've yeah. got way more i've got so many contraptions cuz i was fascinated with soilless growing way back in the day the hydroponics and the aeroponics i was so fascinated it made all kinds of different tools and then i realized you know um i'm still tied into a corporate entity when you're thinking of the liquid fertilizers you have to use um the the water that has to continuous continuously run through it this this plant right here can literally go two months this whole tower without having to water the way it's designed which is kind of amazing but yet it's still does it still has the same positives that the soilless growers have, which is save your irrigation. You know, I, I contend this even loses less irrigation than the hydroponics and aeroponics because it's contained. It's not constantly moving or yeah. evaporating type thing. Yeah, you don't have but, evaporation, which you would normally do in an open air uh, sort of soil system. Uh, and you're you're right with the uh, with the the hydroponics because all those nutrients have to come from some sort of a source where the fertilizer is made with chemicals. You know, they're right so you, back to where commercial farming is at, where they're looking for. Like you, you talk about Russia, that has control over all that. They're right back where they are. It's not self. It's not sustainable. In the, it's not a closed loop system when you have to depend on somebody else for your um, your nutrients and. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the people who sell these systems that do indeed work, don't get me wrong, they work well. I follow a lot of people who do great jobs with hydroponics and aeroponics. But I think to myself, what inner city kid is going to have an extension cord to plug in? You know what I mean? It's it's just not practical in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's and, not accessible yeah. to everybody. Yeah. You know, versus this is more more accessible to people because, I mean, how how hard is it for you to go and gather five buckets you know what i mean and and like how much would how much would you say to tool this 
uh, system that you have here. And this is, you have a bunch of different ones. Like you can turn that into a two bucket stack system, a three bucket stack system on a roller or a single, right? Which you got there is a single stack, uh, system. Yeah. And again, like four pallets, uh, a screened in area that simply you'd still be able to save the irrigation in it. You have more girth, more space granted. It takes more soil to put there, but, um, you, you you won't have you would you can get out of the plastic if people are opposed to plastics there's many ways to do it where you can find old fencing like i have some towers if you go onto my instagram and my facebook and youtube where i share all this information freely where do it yourself um information on there it shows the different ones i'm working with this year and it gives a lot of good examples of um ones that have worked in previous years so the, so Green screen malfunction. Hold on a second. Get the crew in there, Sean. Get that um, get the that. prop crew. Who are we firing for that? For crying out loud! Can't oh my that. god, my 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 dog! <laughs> I'm gonna fire my dog. It's all your fault, <laughs> Riley. Well, that looks good that, that you have it like that. I really thought it was your um logo in back of you, like a flag of some kind. Well, it, it it is, but it's just it's it's on the green screen. I share my I share my studio with my daughter, so I have so just picture a, a room cut up in four quarters, right? I got a quarter and and she's got three quarters, so I've, I've managed to stick my little my little podcast <laughs> studio in the corner and share it with her. She's not yeah, she's not cool. happy about it when she's trying to hang out in her room and I'm trying to do something, but uh, for the mm-hmm. most for the most part, she's cool about it. And I mean, that's just, that's what it is these days, man. Sometimes you have, and, and some of the the craziest thing is 2020 made everything not, what's the word I'm looking for? Like not professional is okay now, right? Yeah. Because you saw so many people on zoom, like, like, uh, news people like mainstream news people were all yeah, on totally. zoom and they're all having these technical difficulties and they're all trying to figure out how to work with this, this new sort of, uh, you know, technology that's allowing us to not have to be on location as much. And you're watching them go through these growing pains and it, and it really made it better for us because now people start realizing, Oh, well, they're not that perfect. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? And so, well, then if if I'm willing to watch them not be perfect, well, let me venture out and, and check out some other stuff because it's just real. I mean, that's just kind of like, I don't know, man. I, 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 I tend to think that unpolished and and just attainable to me is 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 more consumable now than the shiny, polished object that mainstream media would always put out there. It's like... Once you realize that a lot of the stuff that they're saying isn't really what's going on, and I'm I just going to I'm just going yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that because totally. we don't yeah, want to turn this into a, there, man. Yeah, right. We don't want we don't want to turn this into saying, <laughs> we don't want to turn this into a uh, into a uh, you know conspiracy or truther kind of podcast. But right. I mean, you, all you have to do is just be paying just a little bit of attention to to mm-hmm. see that something's not right yeah something's not right you know i don't know have you been following the venus project and zeitgeist movement 
I, I, I remember work. I remember watching the the first and the second Zeitgeist. Yeah, but I never really I never really got in too much into it. Oh my god, that I got crazy with. You know, I went to Jacques Fresco and Roxanne the Venus Project a few times. I went down there. I have a great interview with Jacques Fresco. Um, I, I love their positivity towards the future of our planet if we could just get it right if we could just work together rather than against mm-hmm. we're always working against nature to make the almighty dollar and i i think i think we can do it it's going to take all of us um but i totally hear what you're saying with the news i go over to my in-laws house and i hear their news is going on and i'm like oh my god and then you go to clubhouse and you have real people who are all over the world mm-hmm. that's kind of amazing right you get all these people yeah. who are all over the world that are telling you their story, or actually, you're get you. It, it's such an easy way to be able to go. Okay, this is what I'm hearing coming out of this area. Let me go into on the clubhouse and let me see if I can find a room that has people in that area that live in that area. And I mean, it's really easy. I mean, to go to go and find that and and try to spark up a conversation with someone that's living there and ask them, "Hey, what are you seeing?" I mean, that's yeah. it's really you're 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 cutting out the opportunity to be lied to. Really, yeah. what 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 it is, and and maybe it's not maybe it's not a malicious lie to not in their eyes, but a lie is a lie. If you're not letting me know the truth about what's happening around the world and you're and you're twisting it to fit your narrative or to maybe not have people I don't know panic or or whatnot, I mean, I think that's a crime too because you should be able to give people the option to know what's going on so they can prepare. If you're not allowing them to prepare, then it seems like you're maliciously doing something to harm people. Yeah. You know, because if you're, if you're not prepared, so let's just, let's just say, let's use this as an example. So, you know, we're having some issues, um, with, with Russia and, and the United States. We're kind of, kind of in a war, but kind of not. You know what I mean? It's like we're supporting and giving weapons to to Ukraine, and I, and I don't want to say you know uh, that they're right or they're wrong or whatever, but this is just like you're observing, right? We're just observing. I'm not taking any sides. I, I just do, it doesn't make sense that so we're we're technically not in a war, but we're we're helping fund one. Okay, that doesn't make sense. So obviously Russia knows this, and they're going to get pissed mm-hmm. off. And let's just say yeah. they do a, a a cyber attack on our grid. They're constantly telling us how insecure our grid is. Right? Every time you hear you hear something about our grid, how vulnerable it is, and how easy to attack it is, and all of this other stuff. You know, basically telling you know everybody like, hey, this is a good opportunity. Go ahead and do it. So let's just say it happens. All right. I've heard estimates of five days is all it would take for the power grid to go down and everybody to be dark for people to start killing each other and go and going hungry. Yeah, I bet. I bet. You know, and this is just in, in big cities, you like can urban hear that cities. On Clubhouse. You can hear that on Clubhouse, people in talking in language when you're in a certain room. You hear people talking in a language where they know what they're going to be doing. Yeah. something like that and you're not privy to it you're not privy to what they're talking about 
They used like, which, you know, that's what they're going to do. They're going to group together. Mm-hmm. and Yeah, five days. I bet that's a good estimate on all that. Well, yeah, I mean, you're not going to have, you know, if you don't have a generator, you can't, you can't run, run it to keep your, your ice box cool. And I think four hours a day is what you need to, to run it at least to keep it, to keep it cold and frozen and what you need to do. And you can only open your refrigerator maybe a couple times a day for, for the specific meals that you're going to need. You open it and then you close it. There's no opening, staring at it going, God, did anything come? I just looked at this 20 minutes ago. Does anything come back? Does anything appear? You know, like people do, um, you know, it's just, it's not going to take very long and you're going to have to figure out who you're going to partner up with. Cause you can't do it alone. You're going to yep. need, and, and if you have these items like a, a generator, you know, generators are really loud. If no, if, if, if your neighbors down the road are starving and they hear your generator going, oh yeah, what, what's going to happen? You know, people yeah, totally. are, you're, you're going to be a magnet to, to, to the have nots, right? Yep. I don't have, I'm starving. I'm going to come and try to take what you've got. So if you mm-hmm. don't have a way to protect yourself, firearms, whatever it is, you know, protection, uh, you could become a victim yourself. So, I mean, it, it could get very ugly, very fast if yeah, you were totally. not prepared. Yep. And you know, and I think I think in the long run, we're better off sharing. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. You know, you know, and that's not easy to do, especially when you get these preppers who have been prepping for a long time. They've been they've been knowing something like this is going to happen in their minds, and they're not they're going to be protecting their stuff they've been working so hard to prep for, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And the the attitude out there is going to be, we've been warning you about this for years and now you finally have woken up and decided oh my god this is a problem and you're not prepared so what are the other people that have prepared for themselves supposed to do right you know what i mean because when it comes to survival it's it's me my family and mine first and if there's anything left over then then okay you know but that's by you know uh preference of of the people that you want to help yeah it's going to be crazy yeah you know so i mean getting ahead of this getting ahead of this and having a plan right whether it's you know you're you're you and you don't even have to prep super seriously you just have to have a a plan you know what i mean you gotta know how to make soil you gotta i tell you that you have to seeds. know how to make soil. You know what I mean? Go get you seeds. Know, seeds. Those are going to be those are going to be uh, uh come very very uh seeds. tradable. You know, make sure they're heirloom seeds and they're seeds that are not from Monsanto that won't allow those seeds to reproduce <laughs> that you grow. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just a lot of things that that we're going to have to start looking at. And and hopefully we're just it just never happens, right? And well, hopefully, you know what? It's here's the deal, Sean. I think it's bound to happen because we can't keep doing what we're doing. We can't keep gobbling up resources all over the world to make stupid stuff. A lot of stuff that comes our way. You think of the Dollar Tree, the Dollar Store. You think of all the stuff. You go in there and you look at all. If you think of the little stupid plastic thing you get, whatever it is, and how it, what it, the energy it took to get to that store from China, these big box. It's like not even worth the the value of whatever the heck it costs you for that dollar thing. Yeah. And so we're all those resources to get this one silly thing to you. We have to get smart about it. 
And that's why I kind of brought up the, the Venus Project and the Zeitgeist movement, because they I, at least they have some kind of a plan I feel we can build upon. Um, it, you know, uh, and again, we, we can't stop. We got to stop throwing our organics, especially to the landfill. It's that's that's our biodiversity lost in our commercial growing. They we get our food and we throw it in the, the trash can. It goes right to the land, to the incinerator. Whereas in my house, I got a big old bucket here where nothing gets thrown away. If it's organic, it does not leave our house. And then eight weeks, I have it into nice black worm castings, which is more valuable than compost, yeah, which is kind yeah. of amazing to me. So the red wiggler um, is easy to master. They're free, especially if you live around. I, I know where you in California. Yeah, you're in. They might be, you know, they might be around the ground where you are. Some parts of California, no? Well, Northern California, maybe. Now, here, here's the thing. When you're composting and you've got all of this stuff in your pile, does that, and, and let's say it's in the dirt, does it attract worms if you're, if it's, because uh, I know I was reading about composting. They said when you first start your pile, don't use um, like garlic or any kind of onions or anything because it, it keeps the worms in the beginning from coming because it, 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 it ha when you're first beginning, you don't have all that good stuff going on. Right. And, yeah. Right. And so they say to hold back that kind of stuff until once you get your, your compost full of organisms and stuff that'll break down and the worms have already come. Uh, once the worms have gotten there, then it's okay because they, once they're there, they're not going to go away. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a, it's definitely a good point. When you're starting out, it's probably a good idea. I, I, I feed them everything myself. And I, I I have a shredder, so I mince all my paper and cardboard up. And I mint, I chop all my food up. Because the, the more surface area you expose on your organic matter, the faster it breaks down. You know, worms have little mouths, mouths and you want to have more surface area for the the biodiversity to get all around it, right? Okay. So you chop your your food. I chop my food scraps up in a bucket with a with a flat ended spade or a um pick a flat pick or whatever. I chop it up as fine as I can. I add my carbon, which is my newspaper and my um uh, cardboard, mm -hmm. and I just mix it up. I I make it into a ball. I call it a bio ball. Um, I put it in newspaper, a composting roll. You bury these rolls in your in your planters with a few worms, even if you have to buy a pound of worms, and you know how to take care of them. That worm will that worm colony will grow for you. And once you master the red, you've mastered how to grow food for yourself. That's a guarantee. Now, another thing that people don't really understand or or not uh, educated about is if you have healthy soil you don't have any of the fungus or any of the negative stuff that comes in with healthy soil because the microbes and everything that are brought in by what you're talking about all the the worms and the castings and all of this stuff that that go into making a, a perfect uh habitable soil none of that stuff would survives in it right yeah it's um yeah it seems like Wood chips is another good one. If you're going to grow horizontally, um, is another good way to just keep the moist, these biodiversity. So you don't need as many pesticides. I think you're getting it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, when, you, 
You know what I mean? Uh, like our commercial growing practices, all the biodiversity is being raked from the soil. So they have to add these herbicides because these biodiversity isn't there to fight the battle of whatever it's all. I'm not that. Um, you have to go to Elaine Ingram, Ingram for soil. But uh, but it's bacteria. It's just like people have bacteria. We got good bacteria and bad bacteria. Right. And so the soil, most of the soils that are out there right now have been so depleted of anything that none of those bacteria are available in in that dirt. And so you have to you have to cultivate those those bacterias and bring that and bring that soil or dirt back to a, a healthy living uh, way of being. Is that yeah? And that and that, and that's why growing vertically is the key on that one, because you know you can put it all in one spot. You don't have to spread it out over. You can put it in one place where you can where you can leave it all, and that's and and go build upon it. And it can a composting bin, a finished composting bin. If you poke some plants in it, they will grow, and you'll have enough moisture in there. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of, and that's the that's the circle of life that we haven't been doing. It, no. And one day, I have no doubt, especially in California, you're going to be driving by and you're going to see all these towers, and. Um, that's where all the hopefully all the city organic waste is going to go for these farmers to start knowing because you guys have a, a shortage of water out there and nobody's yeah. even thinking about it. It's, well, the pro- well, the, well, the problem is, is that, that it's opposite of what you would think. So you would think that Northern California would would be the would be the drier part of California. But that's not true because of the elevation. It everything everything moves to the north. And we have to ship water to the south. And so that's really, you know, a lot of our water goes down. You have that huge aqueduct that, that goes right through um, northern California and down through central 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 uh, California. And in the growing, you know, the, the ag belt down there from, from – it's pretty much from like Sacramento all the way down to like Bakersfield is this corridor – of growing along the five or it's in between highway five and highway 99 in the middle of that is the central valley where most of california's food or uh, vegetables and stuff come from and they're having to actually i read an article where they're having to reduce their their growing space because of water and the the the, the the lack of water that they're getting and the amount of money that it's starting to cost, they're cutting back in growing acreage is where they're cutting their costs. And so cutting back growing acreage means less food. Mm-hmm. And this is happening everywhere. And, yeah. you know, a lot of it's and, and it's, I just can't I cannot stress if you're listening to this and, and you're tuning in. Do yourself a favor. Start going on and and looking at the different things that are happening uh, that we've discussed. Look at at you know what Ukraine puts out. Look at what uh, you know was a good a good uh, source that I get my information from is Ice Age Farmer on Telegram. Have you have you heard of him? I don't think I've heard of him. I haven't heard of him. No, you can go. He, you can also go to IceAgeFarmer dot com. Let me make sure of that and. Everything that's going on that has to do with growing and yep, he's on iceagefarmer.com as well. And uh he talks about food, abundance, uh, all, all of that stuff. 
and he covers a lot of things like when a, a there's been a lot of um, fertilizer factories that have uh, gone up in flames and have burned down. I don't know if it has anything to do, <laughs> you know, with with conspiracy kind of stuff. But I mean, every time something yeah. like that happens, this guy is on it, and it's on his Telegram channel. It's on his uh, his uh, website. So Ice Age Farmer. Start, yeah, I see him here. Start following this guy because he's got really good information when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah, they say we're going to have to start growing a different way anyway. Let's say all this um, global warming isn't real. We sh- we still sh- we're still on a planet that stuff can happen, mm-hmm. you know, and we should be living accordingly. And I, we haven't been for a long time. And the main reason is is because we've been relying, in my opinion. We've been relying on other people to do our stuff for us. We can't even do anything. Everything, we, we don't even know how to grow a plant. You know, m- many people are like, wow, that's how you do it? And it, it's, it's something we all should learn. It should be something we all know as a society how to at least make soil because that would stop our, greatly reduce our, our landfills. And if we put pressure on these corporate entities who put all the stupid packing, the plastics, that they pack stuff with the plastic silverware, which anything you can think of this plastic, you could make out of something that's biodegradable. And on our end, we can compost it. And, you know, I think of Andrew Yang when he was running for president, he, he talked about this universal income. Well, don't give me universal income. We earn it by composting our, our end and we're saving society money by not um, having you have our dump trucks come in for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, that's and it's going to be important in the very near future because technological unemployment is a reality. People are losing their jobs left and right. People in California are feeling it more than anybody because you look mm-hmm. at the homeless. The homeless are going there because it's a great place to be homeless. It's nice and warm in California. Well, we also have Silicon Valley, which a lot of these uh, technological advances are coming out of. Um, especially one of them, and I followed this probably about two years ago is when I first heard about it, but the whole making long haul, long haul truckers obsolete by using, uh, AI and also self-driving vehicles, uh, for the highway portion of driving. And then they pull off before they go into the, uh, into the city. And then, a a, a human would take over from that point just because there's no, I mean, it's really difficult to get a big vehicle like that to make turns and you know what I mean? There's no way that you did that, a, that a, a program is going to know how to do a wide turn, you know what I mean? Cause the, they can't look out the side view mirror to see if you're going to clip the <laughs> clip, the, the, the pole right. or something, you know what I mean? When you're when you're driving something that big. So, I mean, they figured out a way to take the bulk of that problem away from people. And so, I mean, and they're figuring out different ways of doing all kinds of different stuff in this area. But for some reason, they just haven't figured out how to how to fix the homeless situation. But we can do all kinds of other stuff, um, you know, and it's just it's the whole model of profits over people that we're seeing. I mean, that's the whole reason why there's such a huge gap in, in wealth and inequality, why the one percent has more money than the 90 percent. You know, the one percent put together has more money than the whole 90 percent put together. That's yeah. a that's a problem. Um, and, you know, and these corporate entities, they to keep their competitive edge, they have to use robotics too. Because even if they wanted to be good, 
Samaritans and hire people. They're going to eventually fall to the wayside because the people who use ro- the corporation use robots are going to have the the competitive edge. You know, a robot works twenty four seven. You don't have to give it life insurance. You don't have to give. You don't have to feed it. There's no lunch breaks. You know, they work overtime with no complaining. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, no, I do. And, and, and it's ro- robotics is only getting better too. So in nineteen. All right, so here's here's a little story for you. So in 19, I would say when I was 18 years old, so I'm 48 now, so over 25 years ago, uh, I got locked up. Uh, I got in trouble and got locked up in a place called, um, it's a county facility. It's called, it was, uh, oh God, I can't remember, Alameda County uh, Detention Center. And they were already using robot technology when they would send the, dinner meals out of the kitchen it would follow a line and it would go all and and each one was programmed to go to a certain dorm and it would stop in front of that dorm they would come and get it when they were done they would put it out and it would go right back so it took away you didn't have to have inmates pushing these carts and then also having a a guard along with them so i mean it freed up it freed up you know, the guards time and it, and it, and it, it, it made it more secure. So that was 25 years ago and, wow. it, and that's pretty good technology. Yeah, right. Totally. And so now it just gets better and it gets more improved and the more data that they're getting from everybody. I mean, all of this stuff, that's why it's so, uh, uh, important to kind of get a hold of. And we haven't been able to, because our, our data has just been being mined from us at an alarming rate to where, most of these social media companies and these people that gather your data know you better than you know yourself. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it's yeah, scary. That's crazy. It's scary. Yeah. They know what your next move is going to be before you do. Yeah. Based on your your habits and everything that you do because we're all habitual creatures. We yeah. all figure out how to do something the most efficient way or the easiest way, and then that's where our go-to. That's our auto response. We have an auto response for everything that we do. Mm-hmm. That's why we're so much like computers, and they've been trying to figure out how to turn, make computers more like us because of how we do things. And yeah. it's not always best for us when that comes when that comes to be, because well, yeah. we don't want we don't want to become obsolete. No, I don't think we'll ever become obsolete, truthfully, especially there's always going to be. And I want to mechanize urban farming jobs. I want a, a world where you don't have to do the, that kind of the silly jobs, the mundane jobs that don't pay anything anyway, never pay the bills. And that's all that's our, our that that's what the robots are going to be doing. So then where does the person who ne- doesn't go to college, where are they going to go to get a, a good life when there's no work out there? I think urban farming jobs will pick up that work. I, I think yeah. that it, it could be possible too, but you just got to find something that can give people enough to be satisfied with what they're doing, enough satisfied with what they're making to where they don't need a whole lot. Totally. You know yeah. what I mean? And, I, and that's not that expensive. I mean, I think, you know, when you shrink down like Google, I just worked on one of their, one of their newer campuses and they added to this campus living quarters. So there's on one of these buildings uh, had six floors, 16, um, 16 units per floor. 
And they were literally, there was no, it, there was a bed, a place to sit like a, like a, and it wasn't even that comfortable of a couch, a TV bathroom. And, and the sink wasn't even in the bathroom. The sink was outside of the bathroom and the bathroom just had a toilet and a, and a shower. I mean, literally you're, you're talking maybe 200 square feet per, and that's literally all you need. I was starting to think about it. I'm like, you know, if I was a single person and Google their campuses, they, they feed their employees. So a lot of these tech companies, they have huge kitchens in them where they feed you. They, they, your entertainment's there. Your food is there. They do everything they can to keep your ass there working. So, I mean, literally there's, you have no needs. And especially if you were working at this campus, you don't have to worry about food. You don't have to worry about anything other than staying there. So, I mean, it, it makes total you're sense. You're excited about working, right? You're, yeah. It sounds like they're excited about working and the campus you know, you're only there to sleep anyway, for the most part, maybe clean up and go back out there again. Yep. So if the campus grounds are exciting, then I guess maybe that's the new, I mean, I, I don't think that's that bad. I mean, when you're having a family or something like that, that yeah. might be a little, a little bit of a problem, but for a young kid, I bet they'd love it. Yeah. And I that's think that's all this... they want to do anyway. Yeah. That's all my kids want to do is look on the, their iPhone all day. And I'm getting like that as well. I'm happy with an iPad and an iPhone. And if I can go on a bike ride or a hike like that, you know, what more is there? Yeah. What more do you need? No, no, I, I, I get it. And, you know, I mean, even in my own life, I'm starting to see all these things that I have, which, yeah, they're, they're things that you have. But those things often come with, with maintenance, with monthly payments, with insurance and and all of this other stuff. So it's like, okay. I mean, maybe, maybe the way is, maybe this isn't the way, maybe this mindless consumption is just a distraction from how we should be being, you know what I mean? That's not the way we should be being, you know, because that comes with, that comes with, uh, a lot of times excess and waste. Yeah. You know, that's not, that's never accounted for and just lost. I mean, you think of my little small town, my little small street here. Everybody's got a lawnmower. Everybody's got a wood chipper. Everybody's got multiple things. Imagine if we just had one shed, we could go in, sign it out, or Mark's going to mow his lawn at this time. You know, like a library. And things are made to last instead of planned obsolescence where they're made to be break down in a couple of years. You You could make a lawnmower that could last forever, truthfully. Well, you but, could you you could make a car or add something to a car where you can get five hundred miles to to a, a gallon. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, of, totally. of hydrogen uh, conversion. Yeah. You know, there's there's tons of ways that you can add things to to you know get away from the profits of others. That's yeah. really that's really what we've been trapped into. We've been trapped into a system where we've been told how things should be. And not necessarily given the right information as to like we don't have we don't we don't have manuals, right? People don't come with a manual and and we need a manual because there's things that that we go through as humans that we don't understand. You know what I mean? We don't understand our emotions sometimes. We don't understand uh, projection. 
and how that works, how we project a lot of the times we project our own bullshit onto everybody else around us until we learn how to control our own bullshit and that, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be projecting how I feel about something onto somebody else. And you know what I mean? There's just, there's yeah. just, it's just so complex to be a person that we're not taught a lot of stuff. Um, and especially in, in the financial world, we're not taught about, uh, compound interest, at least yeah, totally. in, in, in how to be on the right side of it. Cause most of us, if you don't know about it, you end up on the wrong side of it. Yeah. Where it benefits somebody and else and not way. you. Yeah. They, it benefits them and not you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's always been odd that we as a, a government has to borrow from the federal reserve. That was always strange. Yeah. You know, we're borrowing from a separate entity here. We're the greatest nation supposedly in the world. And we're borrowing from something. It, means, it reminds me, I don't know if you watched the Game of Thrones where, you know, they had to borrow from some money country that you never really heard too much about. But they were always in control. That 1% who has the pulse of everything, you know. Yeah, and they, well, uh, the Kazarians come to mind, but, you know, that's a whole other topic. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it's just, it, it, it's crazy. Everything has been inverted, and what we think is usually isn't. And it's, it, whenever something is being rammed down your throat so hard, make, the, if you're not going to do anything else, just make that, make a mental note and look at the opposite of what they're trying to convince you of. And you're going to find that the opposite is more true than, than what they're trying to tell you. Yeah. And I'll, I'm going to leave it at that. You know, cause yeah. Because if you want to hear more conspiracy shit, check out some of the other episodes that I have. And you can hear yeah. me talk about a lot of I'm that crazier good. stuff. I, I, yeah, I'm good. To, I, I follow you on um, YouTube now. Oh, well, cool. I, I've been following you. So... Uh, we're we're a little bit over an hour, so I know I don't want to take up any more of your time. It's uh, you're on the East Coast, so it's about nine o'clock where you're at right now, right? Yeah. So yeah, any any yeah any uh, last um, things that you want to uh, talk about that you didn't get a chance to? Because I know that I spoke a little bit, but I'm trying to di- sort of direct this thing, this conversation. Um, but I, I haven't had to do a whole lot of that on this. So thank you. I appreciate that. Um, you know, you've got a lot of information and I definitely am looking forward to building one of these things and, and, and working this out with you, uh, as we talked about in trying to bring this as an educational platform, uh, to schools in my area, as well as, uh, any other way that I can can help sort of propagate this this system because I do think it's going to be important and I think that we're going to be more reliant self reliant coming further down in the future maybe not for everybody but I I think that it's going to be a trend that grows yeah I think so too uh, my slogan these days is get mad make soil because we the people really have a lot of the solutions right the way we live and we, it's it's a learning curve. And when you start saving your organics, you feel good about it. It's it's amazing. I got my wife in it, my kids even. Every everything goes into this bucket here by the sink, even in my in-laws' place over here. And they know that nothing is off limits. And they don't know where, where I take it after that. They always say, What happens when if something happens to you? What am I gonna do with it? And that that's where the work does come in. So I don't wanna make it look like it's so easy, all your organics into soil, because there is a learning curve. But you feel good about it because it's not leaving the house. And then we're growing food. Even if you don't grow food, I could throw it on my lawn with great results. You know, you don't have to be a farmer 
to save your organics. And I think this particular system, especially in California, I think California is screaming for it. Um, just for the irrigation, at least Southern California, for the most part, for the irrigation factor. Um, why lose your irrigation when you don't have to? Well, why I mean, not take full? Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go for it. I was saying, why not take full control? It's it, in a sense, it's container growing. Mm-hmm. Whether you put it in four pallet, a four sided pallets, or a cylinder, which I'll be, I have a, my last YouTube is all about just a, a dog crate. I turned a, a grow tower into a dog crate, and no, the dog crate into a grow tower, and that's something that nothing can get into. Like if I put a composting roll or a composting ball in there, no animal can get. No rat or anything can even get in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Not that they would anyway if you set it up right. You know, if you set your compost up right, you you should never have anything. There should be no smells, and there should be nothing that really wants to get at it. So so there, one last one last question, because as you were talking about that, it, it, it sparked one that I'd forgotten about. And it has to do with plastic and leaching, uh, plastic leaching into into stuff. So... Is that a concern, or is it part of the microbial stuff that deals with that too? Yeah, plastic. A lot of you know, pl- like these buckets of plastic. Of course, fifty-five gallon drums are plastic. They're food grade, the same as any you know any hydroponics and aeroponics system is all about plastic, right? Yeah, That's yeah. Their whole systems are plastic. You don't have to use plastic if plastic bothers you. You can use again fencing or pallets. You don't have to use if you want to stay for myself. My water here, here where I live, tastes just like chlorine. I drink it. I take the chance. That It's an issue for sure, Sean, when you're talking about um, glyphosates and, and stuff. stuff that, that you know, totally. leach, leach that from plastic. Problem. I mean, but I would, I would think that it's not as, as detrimental as, let's just say, the leaching of plastic and glyphosates from water, water bottles. Because water bottles are, are more, they're, you know, you don't know from birth to 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 you don't know where they've been right you don't know if it's been sitting out on a pallet in the sun uh for three days before you got it which helps the leaching process right um before it gets to the cooler uh uh, store so this is a little bit different because you're probably gonna have well no if it's out in the sun you're gonna be it's out in the sun first of all i i go with buckets because I had a ton of them. And yeah, yeah. I, I thought, who do, who's throwing away a bucket? What can I do with a bucket? Again, if I was somebody like yourself who's starting out, just a ring, a, a chicken wire ring. And again, I have some videos on how I turn that into the same thing this does, where you're not losing the irrigation. You're taking full control over your soil. You don't have to use buckets or 55-gallon okay. drums. And even if you wanted to go the mobile route, you don't have to use plastic. There's ways to avoid plastic if that's a concern for people. And it's a, it's a good you're you're right on about that. With plastic is it does it could leach into your plants. Do the roots take the plastic up? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I would. Right? I mean, if they're able to to kill pathogens out of organic material and and turn what would normally cause what was it? What did everybody was dying of the black plague and cholera and all that stuff because of of human waste, you know, in the streets and and gathering. I mean, if it can knock that out. Maybe it does something yeah, that, with the glyphosate. Because that's, that's a good point. Because the science is there where vermiculture, worm farming, 
greatly reduces reduces pathogens. I got a great book right on my a PDF, like hot composting. Mm -hmm. Vermiculture kills pathogens, and that's good news for people who live in the city and don't have room for hot composting bins. You definitely have room for a, 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 a worm farm, a little, um, you know, a bin, a worm bin to yeah, break yeah. down your organics. So that's kind. Of, that's kind of cool. That and even cold composting. Believe it or not, if you leave it long enough, the, the the bad pathogens get eaten up by the good, by the good microbes. That's what this book says, and it's a you know I don't have it. Uh, I don't. Have, it's on my iPad. I have to look at it, but I have on my uh, YouTube and Facebook shows, you know, this um, college educated people that have tested it. I wish they'd do more testing though, because it's it's important. Right? Let's stop making plastic for that stuff throwaway bottles and stuff like that why can't we stop that no i I, you know? I i agree and you know we just there there are ways but i mean like i said everything is a profit has a profit model to it so right that's the, that's the deal it, it makes it difficult and even i mean you even see the homeless problem and and like this could have been solved a long time ago but if you solve the homeless problem then you're putting how many people that out of work you know what I mean? That, that work in the homeless situation. So it's, it's like, I don't know, man. It, it's almost like, it's, it's kind of like, to me, it's like the, uh, it's like cancer, right? How much money is made off of cancer research and, and all of this stuff, you know, how many people get employed off of researching cancer? Well, if they gave you the cure, then there wouldn't, wouldn't be, the, there wouldn't be a need for all of the, this, this huge, you know, uh, uh industry, that revolves around that sickness. I believe there's a lot of truth in that. I believe that's why we're not getting rid of it all. And that's why investors don't want to invest in free energy because they don't have, um, there's no capital to be gained from it. Their long-term investment isn't there in free stuff. And that's too bad. And we're going to have to figure that one out before we start going out into space and trashing mm -hmm. that out, I think. Yeah, yeah we're, we're already first. trashing space. How much <laughs> how much junk do we got orbiting around our, our you know, our system know. that we've thrown up there from, you know, uh, how many how many of, of Elon Musk's new satellites just came down because of that, that uh, coronal flare, right, that happened? I think it knocked out like 40-something of his, his satellites that he brought up for the, the Starlink that he was, you know, the internet system. So, I mean, you know, it, it's, it, you're right. There's, there's no reason for us to be even thinking about moving off <laughs> to Mars unless there's a reason that they're not telling us that they're needing to get off this planet for whatever reason that, you know, that's the only reason that I can think of because we have thousands of millions of miles under the water that we don't even know about on this planet. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and we could be li we could be living. Uh, why isn't somebody figuring that out? Living under under there before you go out out to Mars or whatever. I'd rather live underwater than take my chances on Mars. Right. Personally. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, shit. You don't have to worry about tidal waves underwater. Just current. Yeah. Just current. And if you're deep enough, you don't even have to worry about that. So, yeah, yeah definitely well, a lot to a lot to a lot to chew on in this yeah. one. Yeah, totally. I'm loving the uh, preservation of the human race in Clubhouse, though, and you guys that are on there. I, I love listening to you guys while I'm out working yeah. in the Michael, field, per se. Michael's a good guy, man. He's got a lot of information. He's been plugged into this. And, 
you know, uh, the preservation of the human race, what we're talking about is a club that's on Clubhouse. And if you're on Clubhouse, just type in preservation of the human race and join that club and you'll be uh, notified whenever they have rooms. They usually have a room every day. But it's not I mean, it's everything encompassing on preservation of the human race of preserving the human race from growing food to, to prepping to um uh, data data dumps from you know Pfizer and and going through those and talking about them and like you know the just conversations and things are being talked about there that that the mainstream media is staying very far away from for whatever yeah, reason totally yeah I don't know either you know so if if you have a chance get on over there Eve Growing you can find on YouTube and all this information that he gives is 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 free to you to try and to, to, you know, try to do this thing on your own. If you want, um, check out his YouTube channel. Also, he's on Facebook, uh, under Eve growing as well. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Google Eve growing start all my videos. If you do Eve growing, you'll see a video. I I post in the information section, all my links. I have a lot of closed Facebook groups where all are welcome, where I open source certain ideas that I'm working on and they're dedicated to, you know, whether it's hot composting, because I, I contend that hot composting, that heat there is amazing. We could heat even an outside animal or whatever. But yeah, go to my YouTube channel and they, there I have links on the different stuff I'm working on. Awesome. Awesome. Man. And then stay, stay following this because I'm planning, I'm, I want to partner up with Mark and bring this to, to schools and educate kids on how to do this because I've seen, I've seen it firsthand myself and how my own, my own child responds to learning how to grow food. And I think that that's just an inherent, I, I think that's something that's hardwired within our DNA um, that, you know, from, from years of being ingrained in us from what we were doing that, that, particular information is still there it's, it hasn't gone anywhere it's just waiting to be woken up <laughs> yeah that's a good good point sean i love it so thank you mark i want to i want to thank you again for giving your time and uh hanging out with me and explaining your uh vertical growing uh concepts to my the listeners and to the audience and hopefully they got as much out of it as i did and uh yeah there's going to be more to come from this uh definitely yeah. i'm looking forward to it yeah, thank you, Sean, for inviting me. Yeah, yeah, Great no time. no worries. Uh, catch Mark on Eve Growing on YouTube and then also Eve Growing on Facebook, which we already said. And, uh, yeah, hang out for just a second. I want to talk to you, but we're going to go ahead and, and, and close this out. Uh, keep it 100. Stay true to yourself. Everything else is just noise. And we can end that. All right, we're we're ended. So good job, man. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. That's fun. Um, my like, first podcast. Oh, awesome, awesome. Well, hopefully it won't be your last one. Uh, hopefully, we can get you on here some more. So, like I said, my my uh, uh, vice president wanted to to wants to make one of these things um, to see you know what how we can how we can figure out and sort of what the uh what the cost uh price point in making a, a simple version would be that way we know you know when we start putting together for donations you know what i mean how much we're going to be looking at needing for what we're trying to do um also too you know whenever you do decide that you want to come out here to uh california and we get further along in this 
Uh, I do have somewhere for you to stay if you ever travel out this way. I have a fifth. Mm-hmm. I have a fifth wheel, the nice one. It's actually nicer than where I live, um, mm-hmm. which is outside, connected up uh, at my place. So there's, you know, there'll be a place for you to stay if you need if you need somewhere uh, when you do decide yeah, to well, come out this way. Listen, this is this the end of April, May, April, end of May, April. I mean, I could come. I tell you, it'd probably be worth the while to come and build you a couple. I mean, I don't. What, what is she looking for? Are he looking for? Are they looking for? Well, I think before that happens, we'll we'll get on. Um, you know, the first the first part of it was to do this, do the podcast. That way, she could see right. the information, she could hear the inf- the the questions that I asked. And then sure. from that point on, it's just going to be us three meeting and talking about it. Like, hey, how can we yeah, right. make make this happen? Um, and you know, she'll give her, her perspectives on, on where she's mm-hmm. at and what she's dealing with. Cause she's already in it, right? She, she works for a nonprofit. They're already getting, um, you know, funding for, uh, she got funding for a podcast, um, as well. And so this can kind of work into it. And this is like sort of, sort of the ground level of this. And then once right. we can kind of get get this thing a concept working then we can switch it over to um to to mine which will be specifically geared for and then at that point you would be brought on as a as a board member so you can see everything that's going on any finances that come through you're a part you're a part of it you know what i mean there's no there's no it's transparent is what i guess what i'm trying to say and I got some videos I'll be I'll be working on. I have it in in the works now that I'll show on YouTube that I'll, I'll send you when they're done, just to give you an idea. Very simple to make. It's it's all really it's all anybody can do it. That's the beauty about it. And it and it's all about stuff that's all around us in urban settings. That's the amazing thing. The hard part, I guess, is making the soil, bringing the organics together, and figuring out the soil. But that's do you know how much cardboard? I have access to that I throw away on a on a on a daily basis at work, like like big cardboard, like cardboard that has with no tape, uh, with no tape on it. (laughs) Well, no, it it has tape, but it's very little. It's when you peel the tape when you peel the tape off of it, the the paper comes with it. Oh my god, I'd be bringing that home. And they're, and they're 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 big they're big boxes too. They're and it's thick cardboard, and it's used for um insulation pipe covering insulation and so some days i mean these are boxes that are four by three so four feet tall three feet wide and and they're you know i mean we literally throw i've just threw away maybe uh 30 pounds of of it on last friday yeah it's a great i tell you get a shredder i don't know if you have a cat but mince cardboard is a great kitty litter my cat uses it as, as a kitty litter I have a dog, no, no cats. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, I I think I'm going to start doing that. Um, you know, taking my, my truck in, like if I'm working on a job, just stacking that cardboard and then on a Friday, bringing my truck and load it up. Yeah. Get a, um, first of all, that's great. Just laying down in your yard. That's like putting wood chips down, you know, Sean cardboard is like laying wood chips down. I know you could probably get your hands on wood chips too, but you mince it up. That's that's a great carbon, man. Get yourself a um, get the the highest shredder you can get, like a twenty sheet. Is mine's an eighteen sheet, but I think they make a a twenty sheet a sheet shredder, micro shredder. 
All right. Hey, I gotta I gotta go to the bathroom. This coffee is running through me. Um, All right, Sean. Uh, so I will be in touch, and and like I said, I just gave you the plan of of what I'm I'm gonna do. So sounds good. So we'll definitely get together. All right. All right. Great talk. Thank you. All right, Mark. Over now. Bye. You've been listening to the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. Sean is a single dad, a union blue collar guy, and he spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. When he was released from prison in 2006, all he had was the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and some paperwork. Since then, he's turned his life around and shares the struggles and successes on this podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope you were moved to connect to the show. Book a guest spot. For merch, Patreon, PayPal, and social media links, go to linktr.ee slash nowhere to go but up. On Instagram at nowhere to go but up now. On Twitter at but up now. On the YouTube channel at nowhere to go but up podcast. See you next time.